Drive to the pass. Hold it. Defense. Number 33. Five-yard penalty. Automatic. First down. Greetings and welcome to the Roger Goodgrove's Officiating Podcast. Um, I'm the host, Sukdeep Puni, and we've got the main man, Roger Willis, here today. How's it going, Roger? Yeah, very good, thank you. Got over the exhausting Sunday. Exhausting Sunday indeed, and now, well, we're once again, as a nation, in lockdown. Um, Obviously, don't want to dwell into that too much, but, you know, uh, how are you finding yesterday's uh news Roger. well it doesn't impact me too much directly because um because of covid so uh, uh as a result I, I'm, I'm in most of the time anyway so uh, yeah. not much change no, that's that's fair enough um my day today has consisted of trying to organize some stuff for the podcast as well as being a homeschool teacher uh on my day off so uh I can't imagine what my days when I'm actually at work are going to be like. Um, but, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. But week 17, it's finally done. The regular season has finally come to an end and we are now in the nitty gritty now. Um, so some exciting times. But once again, week 16, week 17 brought us some very, very um, key decisions, you know, and my, I mean, it was it was such an exciting, action-packed week. I mean, just looking at everything that was going on with the AFC South, the ending, you know, with the AFC South games, you had obviously the Bears, the Rams, the Cardinals still looking for playoff. Uh, you had the Dolphins. There was just so much to play for, wasn't there? So, and and even the games where there was nothing to play for, there was high drama there as well. You know, you yeah, know, the yeah. Raid, Raiders and Broncos, Vikings, Lions, some. And they even made the NFC East look exciting. Exactly. Um, we certainly a bit of controversy there, but you know that's, that's football, isn't it? Uh, you know, in terms of um, you know personnel, etc. But each each team has to decide their own destiny, and it's decided over sixteen games at the end of the day. That's all you can really say, yeah. can't you? You know. Um, but let's discuss the officiating. Um, aspect of this so there's before we actually discuss any of the actual individual games now Roger you wanted to point out um, some changes with the crews uh, for week 17 in all in relation to COVID yeah well I say all in relation to COVID it may not be so let's just position it so mm-hmm. under normal conditions throughout the season there have been some officiating changes often at last minute um, and the NFL can do it without much um, ripple effect because there's generally a crew that is on a buy that week. So that's one crew available stepping in. And secondly, yeah. they have had games on a Thursday, Friday, Sunday, etc. And therefore, if there was an issue, they could have somebody work a double shift. And that's happened recently with a couple of referees doing a Thursday night and then a Sunday night or a Monday night game. Um, so that, that certainly happened. Now, two and two, certainly would imply that there's probably, because it's short notice, an injury or uh, more likely some sort of COVID impact. Um, We know this week that there was one of the officials, Clay Martin, who was actually hospitalised with COVID. Now, normally you don't hear 
um, specifically about the officials being off, the reasons, because um, it, they're not uh, they're, they're contractors, really. Um, but Clay Martin, it was announced that he was actually in hospital with COVID. Now, thankfully, uh, Clay has been released, I heard today. So that's, uh, that's really good news. So he's out. But it was very noticeable this week, the impact that the officiating had for week 17, when all the games were being played on a day. We yeah. had five officials that were swapped out from their original elements. Paganelli brothers um, were all out. Now, I don't know whether they're of, um, gathering at Christmas or whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, could be just one of them was infected, the others were close contacts, but you know, it certainly raises question marks there. And another two officials who were out. So we had a crew that was on a bye, and nearly all of that crew ended up work. The other knock on a um, is a change to the wildcard um, officiating. Now, the crews have been published for the game. Now, unlike normal, they have added alternate officials. So these are officials who are at the game, dressed ready on the sidelines, should there be any issues with either somebody going down with an injury, which can happen, yeah. or obviously in, in, in COVID world, somebody going down before the game and they need to step in. Um, so normally they would card game they're off they're obviously taking extra precautions no no 100 percent. you know we wish uh you know all the officials as well as the players you know the, the very best because you know obviously it's a very very difficult time and now it's sort of the nitty-gritty you know if any you know such um injuries or con concussions mm -hmm. or related, there have been concussions uh, for the officials i mean often you'll see on the sideline players go out of bounds very close to the sideline where the officials are standing and there have been officials that have been taken out um during a game and being concussed and had to either sit out uh in the game and they work a smaller crew um or come back in later so it does happen yeah, I mean, I did say that by accident, to be honest. I kind of got distracted because I heard the kettle on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, literally, they're literally just like you and me, aren't they? They're not exactly big athletes who can sort of take the hit. If they, if I get knocked down by one of these players, I'm I'm pretty much at the hospital. So, yeah, credit to them, you know, for, for doing, you know, for putting their... The players line. have, they've got helmets. So if you get knocked over on the sideline, um, especially somewhere like Green Bay, that's going to be hard on your head when you hit. 100%, 100%. But, yeah, um, we're going to obviously move on to the game action now. So the first game we're going to talk about is between the Arizona Cardinals and the LA Rams. Uh, so this was a key key matchup in the NFC West. So this uh, incident happened in the second quarter, um, six minutes and uh, four minutes, four seconds left in the quarter. So this was Cam Akers um, was sort of in a goal line carry to try and get the touchdown. He fumbles the ball. Uh, it's recovered by uh, Byron Murphy, I believe. Now, a bit of um, a bit of a hoo ha about whether this is actually a safety or not. I know I questioned it initially when it happened, but then obviously there was a key part of that play which meant that it wasn't going to be a safety. But if you want to go through that particular play with us, Roger, ask this play that come into question. Some of which are reviewable with which. So, so the Rams are driving for the gold line. Is close, trying to get in, fighting for yardage, fighting there for the last inches, and the ball comes loose. 
So the first question mark here is he was driven back by the opposition prior to the ball coming loose. Do you give forward progress at the point he got to prior to the ball coming out and then rule a fumble? Now, the question mark is here. This is a judgment call. As we've mentioned before on the show, um, if you've got a one-on-one situation, then generally speaking, you will let it go because you give the benefit of the doubt that, that they want to try and gain that yard. As you want to take that opportunity away from them. If they're driving for the goal line, they might spin out the tackle. If they're tackled by three, four, five players, then you know they've lost control of their motion. That's when forward progress yeah. is definitely ruled. As to whether it is or isn't. So the ruling on the field here was that forward progress wasn't given. If forward progress was given, that isn't reviewable in relation to replay and whether it was out or forward progress was ruled. That's a judgment. So take the play as as it was ruled. Forward progress wasn't ruled. The ball came loose. A Cardinal player picked it up in the field of play. He then retreated into his end. And then tried to now he ended up being tackled in the end zone however go back to forward progress this is what was ruled on the field was that he of the end zone and the ball all of the ball got out of the end zone prior to him being driven back into the end zone where he was eventually tackled so the forward progress spot is about the half yard line on cardinals um, own goal just at cardinals own goal line he hadn't have got the, all the ball out of the end zone, then it would be a safety because the impetus for the it was the original fumble that was finished, and the player picked it up and then um, took it back into his own end line. Uh, was ruled correctly as forward progress. Now, I, I said earlier that forward progress can't be uh, uh, overruled on replay. There is one exception to that, which is in relation to the goal line. So if in the first right. instance of the running back running, trying to get into the end zone, if the ball had crossed the end line prior or goal line prior to him being forced back and forward progress was ruled, they can rule on whether the ball actually crossed the goal line first. And secondly, in relation to the safety aspect, they can rule whether the ball was clearly out of the end line or goal line Um before the play was actually pushed back in and or he didn't get it out. So whilst forward progress in itself can't be ruled on, the spot of the ball in relation to the goal line can be. Right. Now that makes a lot of sense, Roger. And thank you for, you know, uh, picking that up with us because it does, uh, it certainly does help with, uh, you know, different scenarios that teams may face, um, you know, in the playoffs. Um, you, you know, you can find these sort of situations occurring now. We're going to move on to the um, NFC North matchup between the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears. So um, this was an unusual uh, kickoff return. So this involved Cordero Patterson. So this had a lot of people sort of uh, umming and ahhing again. Um, so do you want to talk yeah. us through that particular incident with Cordero Patterson? Which was a yeah. challenge in the game. So we had a kickoff. Um, Green Bay kicking the ball to Chicago. Cadell Patterson ready to receive it. Now, it goes quite close to the sideline. Interestingly enough, Green Bay have used their knowledge of the rules in the past to actually uh, manipulate the situation and deliberately place the receiver out of bounds 
reach into the ball that's by the goal uh, by the sideline that then makes the ball out of bounds as we discussed previously a, a, a player out of bounds makes the loose ball out of bounds a kickoff yeah. going straight out of bounds without being touched by the receiving team inbounds is a kickoff out of bounds and that is actually treated in a particular way and gives good field position to the retrieving team so what we had in this particular example was whether Patterson actually touched the ball prior to touching out of bounds or whether he touched out of bounds first. Now, ruling on the field, and this is critical here, is that he was already out of bounds when he touched the ball. Um, went to replay. Chicago, uh, Green Bay challenged the, the ruling. It makes quite a big difference on field position. Um, yeah. if, if it was ruled that Patterson touched the ball first before going out of bounds, it would be... Uh, Chicago's ball at their own one yard line so obviously putting their back against the wall um, if yeah. it was ruled not then the ball gets um, quite significantly far forward 25 yards from where it was originally kicked um, ruling on the field obviously was that it was touched after he'd already gone out of bounds replay couldn't show anything to the contrary it was very 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 close um, yeah, yeah fractionally, whether or not one or the other. But in reality, it was too close to call and therefore the ruling on the field will stand. Now, I suspect in terms of the ruling on the field, um, what went through the mind of the official was the expectation that the receiver was trying to do what he was attempting and he would be looking at whether the receiver gets his foot out of bounds. Then he looks to see whether he's touching the ball. It would be that sort of... Um, sequence mm. if he'd look first whether yeah. he touched it and then look to see his, whether his foot out was out of bounds it might have been ruled the other way and that's all to do with the, the time it would take to transition between those two spots yeah so you're saying that they may be looking at it from a logical sense like why would Cordero Patterson want to obviously put him, his team in a situation where they're at the one yard line so they've kind of gone with kind of what his probable intention was yeah I mean the rule is clear. If he was out of bounds first and touches the, the loose ball, that makes the ball out of bounds. And that is a kickoff out of bounds, which is a foul. So there would be a flag on that play. And that was what was ruled on the field. Um, and that's what I think looking at, which was looking to see he was trying to get out of bounds and then touch the ball. And I think his transition between looking at his feet and looking at his hands gave the advantage to Chicago. But it's so fractional on the play, yeah. even with replay, when uh, we can look at it, um, and freeze it and look both things at the same time. We can't tell the difference. So it was quite rightly left to stand on and in replay. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. As I say, it was a very, very, um, you know, unusual occurrence there. One that, like you say, we've not seen before. Um, moving on to the same game. Um, so this is another incident um, involving Aaron Rodgers and his touchdown throw in the second quarter um, to... Um, to Scantling. So if you want to talk us through this yeah, particular this is a situation we've talked before in a previous week. Um, the play clock, which is the uh, one that ticks down in between every play, is either oh. 25 seconds or 40 seconds, depending on the game situation. The offence are have to snap the ball before that clock expires. Otherwise, it's a foul for delay of game. The intent behind the foul is to make sure that the offense don't take the P, um, don't you know take ages to snap the ball. The intent is not that it is a shot clock like in basketball, where at the moment it expires, that's the foul. So in terms of the yeah. mechanics on the field, 
the back judge is responsible for calling this foul. And the mechanics of the back judge, the play as the play clock hits zero, he then transitions from the clock behind the end zone to the snap. If the snap is happening, that's not a foul. So there is an inherently built to a quarter of a second of delay between the expiry of the clock and the foul being called. And that's within tolerance. That's to be expected. The competition committee is not looking for this to be a shot clock and that as soon as that expires, that it's a penalty. They're clearly not taking yeah. the pee. They are stopping the ball, give or take, at the right time. I've seen far worse delays than that one, to be honest. When I was watching that one, I didn't think it was that bad, to be honest. Um, so I'm even surprised that it's up for discussion. I don't know. But did someone bring bring this one up? Yeah, or a couple of people just... um, on, on Facebook mentioned it, you know. Um, it never to be. It, it comes up every time. Mm. They will see the clock go to zero before the snap. Um, but because of the mechanics, yeah. the switch between the clock and, the, and watching the actual snap, there is an inherent delay built in. So yeah. it would not be expected to be called if it is um, that quick between the two. Yeah. Maybe it's just me learning from you, Roger. I think maybe three months ago, maybe I would have been one of those guys <laughs> on Facebook. But I've given it that extra extra little bit just to, you know, and I thought it was perfectly reasonable, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I must admit, when you sent me that clip, I was a bit like, hmm, no, I didn't see anything too wrong with that one. But... Um, We'll uh, we'll move on to another NFC uh, North uh, matchup. So this one's between the Minnesota Vikings and the Detroit Lions. Both teams, unfortunately, have nothing real much to play for. Um, the Vikings were eliminated from playoff contention last week, but um, this incident happened in the fourth quarter, uh, eleven minutes fifteen to go. So this was a roughing the passer call um, against the Lions on Kirk Cousins now. Was there anything wrong with this one, Roger? Well, I mean, was it really rough in the, the short answer is no, I don't believe there was. Um, I, I, it's a good job this game didn't have anything particular riding on that, to be honest, because unfortunately Detroit got yeah. the rough end of the officiating calls on this this uh, this week. Um, so it, uh, there was nothing right on the game for them. Um, so, you know, the simple answer is roughing the passer. No, I think the receiver, sorry, the uh, defender was um, wrapping up for the tackle and wasn't... Um, trying to drive his full body weight onto the uh, quarterback. Um, he dives onto the ground, but rolls over the top of the quarterback. Um, I think that's part of him trying to get out of the way of putting his full weight onto it. Um, it is a foul if you put your body weight on. You know, there have been, as we've mentioned yeah. before, uh, like um, Rodgers was taken out for the best part of a season with the, uh, an injury that was f caused by... Uh, uh, somebody driving their body weight into his chest um, that took him out. And so you know, they did tighten up the rules. But unfortunately, in tightening up the rules, sometimes you will get um, some the uh, are marginal the other direction, but do get caught because it is a safety mm. foul. Um, but in, in, I think in this example, that was just a normal tackle. It shouldn't have been called. Yeah, I think the one you're referring to is the Drew Brees. Was it? One. Oh, no, that was this season. season. Yeah. Uh, that happened with his broken yeah. ribs but, uh, yeah. two or three seasons ago when Rodgers was taken out. Happened with Rodgers. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, yeah, well remembered. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, just remember that obviously with these clips as well, we will be sending them on the, um, on the description page of the podcast. So, you know, those of you who haven't 
seen the footage, you know, the links will be on there for, for you all to see. Um, but we'll move on again to the same matchup between the Vikings and the Lions. So this was the um, this was the Marvin Jones touchdown um, that was given. Um, given and then taken yeah, away yeah, again. <laughs> taken away, yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Okay. Was, was... We, we talk weekly about the catch process. So just to remind people who may not have been in on that, the catch process is control two feet or another body part, and then time. And if you're going to the ground, you need to survive the ground. They're the component parts to the, the catch process. So this particular play, we have Marvin Jones going up to uh, get the ball, comes down onto the ground, and the ball does come loose. However, the ball coming loose, unless the player is out of bounds when it happens, isn't in itself the finish of the catch process. As long as the receiver keeps then control of the ball, resumes control of the ball without the ball hitting the ground. And that's the point of issue here, which is it was ruled on the field a touchdown. Now, as we mentioned before, the, the, the bar for replay is and should be that there is clear and obvious evidence that that didn't happen. And this is where I think the issue happened on this play is that, yes, the ball came loose, and yes, it might have hit the ground, or it might have hit his elbow instead of the ground. So unless it's clear and obvious that it hit the ground, then the ruling on the field should have stood. So it's not the fact that it's the ruling on the field was the problem. The ruling on replay was the problem because they, they went against the clear and obvious evidence and actually overruled it based on a probability that it hit the ground, and that's not where it should be. Yeah, no, I agree. They shouldn't um, base it on that. But, you know, like you said, it's lucky that they're not really got much to play for, you know, these teams, you know, in the situation. But there you have it. Um, so this uh, next incident we're going to talk about is the um, NFC East matchup between the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. So a lot of people, I'm sure our listeners will remember this uh, one. So um, we obviously had a few years back, almost a decade ago, probably a bit maybe a bit longer than a decade, actually, uh, the butt fumble uh, with Mark Sanchez. This time we have the Wayne Gorman butt fumble recovery um, <laughs> play, as we like to yep. call it. So, um, yeah, very, very unusual play, uh, very unusual decision by Wayne Gorman, and then a very unusual ending yep. to the play. So, yeah, talk okay. us through this one. So, Giants needed a first down in order to secure victory on the, the field. Goldman runs for the first down and then inexplicably loses the ball. Now, so then obviously there's a big melee while everybody, man and his dog, tries to recover this ball. And it was called a butt fumble because the first thing that happened is Goldman going down to try and get the ball that he dropped is he falls on it, sprayed out with his legs, sitting on the ball. So it's quite comical from that point of view. However, so yeah. in terms of the officiating, so we have a fumble. Now, we have seven people looking in at trying to see if there was, A, was a fumble, and B, if there was a recovery. Fumble was clear. There's no doubt about that. So the question mark is, who recovers it and when do they recover it? And this um, controversy about it is not helped because of the signaling of the officials on the field. So what you have initially is that the umpire rules that Goldman recovered his own fumble and he's signaling that um, however whilst he's signaling that 
there is a mass scrum on the ground and the other officials are digging like they're supposed to, to try and recover the ball or find out who's got it. And they get down into the pile to, to see that um, Dallas come up with the ball. So they signal it as a Dallas ball. Now, it would be if in normal circumstances there was a ball went into a scrum, it doesn't matter what happens in that scrum if there was no clear recovery happening before it got into the scrum. However, um, one official on the field had the same angle that one of the TV cameras had towards the end of the replay, and it was clear that Goldman did actually get the ball back prior to it going into the mass scrum, and he quite rightly ruled that, therefore, Goldman already had the ball. It doesn't matter what happens after that because he had possession of the ball on the ground with time. Therefore, that's his ball, and therefore it doesn't matter what happens in the scrum after that. However, the signaling of the referees on the field or the officials on the field didn't actually help um, in that they were signaling for Dallas, he was signaling um, for New York. But it was correctly ruled on the field and a very good call um, he, he didn't just let it go on the thought, I'm not sure about this. Um, you know, he, he clearly saw Gorman have the ball and he clearly indicated that. Yeah. And, and he stuck to his guns, give him his dues here. This is a big, big call and a big position. And uh, he immediately told yeah. the referee what he'd seen. The referee signaled that it was a New York ball. Um, but the officials were still digging for the ball at the time, and obviously then coming out and <laughs> get a Dallas ball. That's where the problem occurs. Yeah. But it was nothing wrong with their yeah. mechanics. You know, that's what they're supposed to do when the ball goes into a scrum, is to find out who's got it. And you have to dig to try and get that sometimes. Yeah, no, definitely the right decision. But it was funny, though, watching it live from, from my memory now. Um, all the signals were coming from the Cowboys players. They seem to be overpowering <laughs> the Giants. Yeah. And it just, it, you, for a few few seconds, you actually genuinely believed that the Cowboys were going <laughs> to win the decision. If you're watching it live on TV, it was like, um, it's like, you know, when two players are playing on a computer game, like a fighting game, you've got Street Fighter and one guy's pummeling the other guy and you think, yeah, there's no chance the other <laughs> one's going to win. And all of a sudden they just suddenly come back with an onslaught and it's like, oh, you know, and that's 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 what it reminds me of. I'm probably just saying that now because I can see my my son's actually playing a, a similar game now. So that's that was the example <laughs> that I could uh, find. Um, but yeah, it was the best call. It was it was the best call made on the field, and yeah, it was definitely the correct call. And obviously, the Giants went on to to keep the ball and eventually. Yeah, see I thought the they game. were going to win it, but um, um, the Eagles had other ideas. <laughs> It did, yeah. I'm gonna. I think I've, I've talked enough about that with Nick, to be honest. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it now, to be honest. Um, but um, the next game we're gonna talk about is um, the AFC. We're actually gonna talk the next two instances about the AFC South. So we're gonna go into the Colts and the Jaguars match. So um, I believe this was the fourth quarter. So this was the Glennon. Um, this was a Glennon. What looked like attempted pass but was ruled a fumble, recovered by the Colts. Um, What are your thoughts on this one? uh, Again, this is something that comes up almost weekly. The question mark about whether the quarterback is in the process of throwing and therefore the ball going to the ground is an incomplete pass or is actually the fumbled prior to the pass being thrown. And again, it's all down to the movement of the hand and whether or not when the hand is moving forward, it has control of the ball. Um, 
It's a close one, but ruled on the field that it was a fumble. So if we went to replay, we have to see clear and obvious evidence that he had control of the ball when his hand was moving forward. And there certainly wasn't that. Um, so I think it was a very good call on the field. There was no control when his hand was moving forward. His body was moving backwards. His hand was moving forward, but he didn't have the ball at the time in his control. The second part of the interesting on this particular play was that obviously the Colts recovered the ball started running towards the, the Jags end zone. Yeah. And then the, um, the defender actually fumbled the ball and that fumbled ball went out of bounds. So two things to play here, which was, it could have been a Jags recovery. So they could have fumbled it, got the ball back uh, and had the ball first and 10 from wherever that ended up. Cause it would be a new series because Colts has already had um, possession of the ball. Um, second thing yeah. to say in this is that a fumble out of bounds comes back to the fumbling spot if it's gone forwards. So let's say he fumbled at the 15-yard line, the ball went out at the 10. It wouldn't be first and 10 at the 10. It'd be first and 10 at the 15. If he'd fumbled it backwards some, from the 15 to the 20, then he would, he would lose those yards and it would be first and 10 from the 20. Uh, so that was the second interesting play. It's not on the video clip, um, unfortunately, but if people want to dig that one out, that, that, that's the reason for where the ball ended up and, uh, and why. So. Fantastic. And the last uh, play we're going to between the Tennessee Titans and the Houston Texans. So this was the um, this was the Deshaun Watson throw, which looked to have been caught by the Texans player, but simultaneously Butler makes a play on the ball as well. And it almost seems to simultaneously have possession of the ball. Um, the, the, the ruling on the field was given that the Texans had the ball and it was, I believe, a first down. Um, but Butler was adamant that he had got it, and I think that sort of convinced. Well, it, well, basically, the officials obviously had to look at it anyway because of I forget yeah, the time. So we went to replay because it was uh, yeah. So obviously, yeah. replay had to decide whether or not the ruling on the field was correct or not. Yeah. So let's just talk look at the catch process uh, in relation to two people trying to catch the ball at the same time. So the catch process is the same. You have to have control of the ball. You have to have two feet or a body part down and you have to have time to do a football move. And if you're going to the ground, you need to survive the ground. Yeah. So what we had is a, a receiver and a defensive back both diving for the ball at the same time. The initial contact is between the receiver and the ball. So he grabs it. But in the process of grabbing it, that's when the defender comes in with arms in between his and um, basically steals the ball away. So when is the process of the catch complete? Even though the defender had it was on the ground, had the ball, that isn't the end of the catch process. Yeah. He needs to survive the ground as he was going to the ground. So he didn't. The ball came loose. So either way you look at that, he lost control of the ball and didn't complete the process. And the defender who grabbed the ball momentarily after him um, did survive the ground and did come up with the ball. So it's quite rightly ruled on the field yeah. and um, not overturned in replay. Now, the other question that comes into play is people's misinterpretation of a rule about simultaneous possession. 
So there is, in the rule book, simultaneous possession. And if there is truly simultaneous possession, it's like flipping a coin. Or no, I'll give you another example. It's like the, the Ryder Cup. If the, if the team that actually have the Ryder Cup draw, they keep the Ryder Cup. Okay? Yeah. And it applies here. The offense ball, if there is simultaneous possession, the offense will keep the ball. Now, the question mark and why it's not really relevant is there is very rarely simultaneous possession. Because in order to have possession, you have to have control, body part down, and survive the ground. So it's unusual that all three components of that catch process happen simultaneously, as in the end point is simultaneous. There is usually some sort of delay involved between one person touching it, catching it, controlling it, being down, and surviving the ground. So it is rare that there is really true simultaneous possession. But there is a rule in the book about simultaneous possession, and people thought that this should be simultaneous because they both appeared to catch the ball. But as we've talked before, a catch is not a catch until it's finished, and uh, the finish of the catch was the defender. Yeah, I'm sure we had one earlier in the season, actually, which was a simultaneous. I'm sure that was involving the Bears or someone, if I remember correctly. Really, one week. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting. But um, that brings a conclusion to week 17. Obviously, now, you know, the focus is we're going to be reining on, obviously, these uh, playoff matches now. So, less games to talk about, but I'm sure more action, you know, because, you, you know, we're just going to be sort of reined in on these particular games. Yeah, so concentration is going to be on the same game every day. Exactly. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, don't know if obviously we've announced to our listeners what we are going to do. And I hope you don't mind me sort of just mentioning it on this platform, Roger. We're going to have uh, fans of um, every playoff team um, having like a dual off, shall we say. A 15-20 minute rant to how their team's better and going to win. Or if you're not feeling so lucky, you know, how maybe, you know, you're not feeling it. But there'll be a, a massive debate as to who's going to win, chaired by myself, Stuart or Ryan. Um, we're going to have two games each. So look out for that on um, the weekend. Um, very excited about it, to be honest. So it's going to be an interesting debate indeed uh, between two random fans from each team. So... Yeah, definitely look out for that, guys. Um, and yeah, just uh, you know, stay safe, and you know, just look after yourselves. Anything further from you, Roger? Uh, I know my officials are going to win. They they haven't been defeated. <laughs> exactly. Well, fantastic, guys, and uh, you know, hope you enjoy the podcast and take care.